You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello, and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia, and today the topic of our podcast is The Brightest Light Cast the Darkest Shadow. What does it mean by this? Well, there's many different variations to the meaning of this phrase. One is that we are both light and dark, and some believe that the greater our light, the greater our darkness, but I don't believe that this is true at all. Because the more we face our shadow, the more we walk through our darkness, the lighter we become. Our shadow contains everything that is repressed within us. And if we haven't been on a personal or spiritual growth path and haven't reflected on that which lies within us, we're much more likely to project that shadow out into the world. The more self-work we do, The more we learn how to own our darkness, our negativity, our pain, our fear, and everything else that is emerging from our subconscious, we become warriors of the light, slaying our dragons and bringing what is in the shadow to light. The more we bring what is in our shadow to light, the more light we hold. Light is a very attractive thing. Like moths to a flame, People seek out the light because the light carries the vibration of love and we're all attracted to love. As we do our inner work, our shadow work, we look at all those things within us that are not loving. We look at our fear, which is the opposite of love. We look at our hatred, which is a resistance to love. We look at our envy, our jealousy, our resentments and our deep pain. All of these keep us from embodying the higher vibrations of love. Love is a pure energy and one who has worked hard to slay her dragons and bring the darkness to light will have a lot of purity. We don't want to mistake purity with perfection, however. I'm talking about the pure of heart One who sees life through the eyes of love and extends others' compassion and understanding to the very best of her ability is pure of heart. Even those who have hurt or betrayed her receive her compassion because she's wise enough to know that fighting fire with fire only brings more fire. Fighting hatred with hatred is a losing battle. But to meet hatred with love is like water to the flame. It robs the flame of its power to destroy. However, love does not always convert others to love. What love does is shine a light upon the shadow of humanity. It exposes the shadow. So the more loving we are, the brighter we shine our inner light. And the more we expose the shadow and those who are cut off from the light of genuine love. I've talked before about the saying, love heals all wounds. 
It's not true that if we love someone enough or throw enough love at a situation that we will have this magical power to heal it because healing must always come from within us. Our battle is always with the self. We like to believe we're fighting against others, but we're really only ever fighting against our own resistance to love. When someone is shut down or have closed their hearts to love, we don't have the power to open their heart. And I'm not saying that being loving to someone can't melt their resistance. Oftentimes, this can and does happen. But this is more likely to happen when we're already somewhat open and desiring to be in harmony with others. There has to be that desire to be in harmony. When we're dealing with people who are narcissistic or really shut down, there's a great wallop that is about protecting that person from feeling anything uncomfortable. They would rather cause discomfort in others than be uncomfortable themselves. Therefore, they don't allow themselves to be vulnerable, nor do they have the capacity to feel empathy for others. Empathy requires that vulnerability. We all have our methods to protect ourselves from pain. Nobody wants to be hurt. We avoid pain at all costs. In order to embody the greatest light, we must walk into our fear and pain and be willing to stand in the fires of transformation. We must be willing to allow our pain to be there and release our fear of being hurt. Being hurt is a part of life. Everybody gets hurt. So the more we can learn to be with our pain rather than spend all our life energy trying to avoid it, the more light we will allow into our lives. We also take the power away from others to hurt us because we're no longer afraid of being hurt. We stand in the light and allow people to be who they are. If someone is deceptive and hurtful, that's about them, not about you. It's our own core wounds that make somebody else's hurtful behavior about us. The best thing that we can do when someone is hurtful, deceptive, or destructive is to step into the vibration of love and separate ourselves from the behavior. We need to acknowledge and recognize that people act from their own wounds and defenses. Hurt people hurt people. It isn't about you. It's about that person. Reacting in anger and hatred to somebody else's bad behavior just pulls you down to their level. You're pulled into a dark place. You allow the darkness into your world. However, when you shine your light and allow your true self, your soul self to shine through, you also hold up a mirror that shines upon the shadow of others. It's like holding up a big flashlight into a dark room. Suddenly, everything in that room is exposed. It can be seen. It can be very uncomfortable for people to be seen in this way. Everything that they've been hiding from themselves and others is exposed. It's not that suddenly we become aware of the secrets that person is keeping. It's more that the light 
shining into the darkness exposes the vulnerability in a person, and they will often lash out, project, and blame the one who is shining the light, rather than looking at the contents within that are being triggered. The contents within may be fear, shame, self-loathing, worthlessness, and all those ego-based beliefs that are hiding behind a perfected facade. When there's a threat to the perfected facade being exposed, one may come out fighting. The facade is who he believes himself to be, and the contents hidden within the shadow are disowned. The greater the self-denial, the greater the need to keep what is lurking in the shadow hidden. Because if one were to admit to himself or others that he or she is feeling shame, inadequacy, fear, guilt, or worthlessness, it would affect his or her self-opinion or the image one has been hiding behind. The more authentic we become, the more we own the contents of our shadow. The more we can admit to ourselves that we're afraid, that we feel pain, shame, guilt, and feelings of worthlessness, the more real we become. We may have come to believe that these feelings and fears are a sign of weakness, and yet emotional honesty is a sign of great strength and courage. When we can become really honest with ourselves, we begin to be real. The brightest people have most often faced the greatest darkness. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross says, The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. I believe these are not only the most beautiful people, but also the most interesting. I feel it would be more accurate to say that the brightest light has walked through the darkest shadow, and the brightest light exposes the shadow in others. We live in a land of opposites, a dualistic reality. So to really know light, we must know darkness. We must walk through our darkness, face our shadow, overcome the obstacles that life brings our way. When we pretend that we're light and yet we run from our shadow, we're not authentic, nor can we be truly happy. Because our happiness comes in our ability to be ourselves. When we're trying to be someone else or something else, we put on a show and hide behind the facade. We're pretending. Pretending to be something that we're not robs us of our happiness because we're always afraid, either consciously or subconsciously, that others will find out who we really are. So many people are of the belief If I show people who I really am, they will reject me. These kind of beliefs come from our core wounds that tell us that we're unlovable, unworthy, unnecessary, not good enough, and unwanted, to name a few. Yet the truth I have found is the more honest you are about how you really feel, the more people can relate to you. Because the deeper truth is we all have core wounds and beliefs. 
Some of us have worked harder to overcome these beliefs and develop stronger self-love. But we get there by facing the negative ideas we hold of ourselves. It's really the self-rejection we must conquer first. When we stop rejecting ourselves for having these negative core wounds, we will stop worrying so much about others rejecting us. When we learn that the beliefs we hold about ourselves as not good enough, not lovable, and not worthy are lies, we'll stop giving them so much power. We'll stop allowing the negative projections of others to affect us in the way we may have in the past. Now, I'd like to explore another meaning of the brightest light cast the darkest shadow. Many people who are on a deeply spiritual or religious path and have devoted their life to God walk through some of the greatest darkness as well. Mother Teresa, for example, she dedicated her life to helping the poor. She went out into the trenches with the poor and lived among them. She was considered a saint for her complete devotion to doing God's work and completely believed it was God's will that she leave the safety of the convent and go out into the world to serve the poor. Yet there was a very dark side to Mother Teresa's story. She often felt God had abandoned her and left her alone. She didn't feel God's presence in her life, and still, she carried out his will. Mother Teresa went through a long, dark night of the soul, struggling with emptiness for the last 50 years of her life, yet tirelessly continued to do what she believed to be God's will in the absence of feeling God's presence. Mother Teresa was considered to be a beacon of light in the darkness, yet she wrestled with the darkness on deeper levels than most. St. John of the Cross is another example. He wrote the book The Dark Night while he was imprisoned for having some different beliefs than the church. This book was where the phrase The Dark Night of the Soul came from. While in prison, St. John of the Cross lived in very terrible conditions, given only bread and water and subject to weekly public lashings. He relied upon his quest to know God to pull him through. St. John writes, The only light in this dark night is that which burns in the soul, and that is a guide more certain than the midday sun. This light leads the soul engaged in the mystical journey to divine union. In his darkest times, he found the brightest light within his own being. As I did some research on St. John of the Cross, I came to realize that even though the term dark night of the soul came from his works, he never actually titled his work dark night of the soul, but rather simply dark night. He did not refer to the dark night as being a period of darkness, as we often interpret it to mean, but rather a purification of the spirit. 
I suppose when we think of the dark night of the soul, the fact that the word soul is used would suggest it is a soul's journey through darkness in its quest to find the light. Because it's often in times of our greatest darkness that we're led to find our greatest light. As we have the contrast of our greatest darkness and our greatest light, when we're in deep darkness, we naturally withdraw from the world out there with all its distractions and retreat to our inner world steeped with pain and deep emptiness. There's a surrender that happens here in the darkness as we let go of our quest to find happiness and sink into the despair of feeling small and insignificant. Perhaps it's in such a place that we realize that we're nothing without that divine union that St. John of the Cross spoke of. That light of the divine is our light. Our small egoic selves are void of the light. It is our soul's union with the divine that connects us to the light of source. Many people only ever find that light within through periods of darkness when there is nothing left to live for. It's only then do they surrender their will to higher will. And in that surrender to higher will, they align with their soul's purpose and a fire is lit within. That fire burns a radiant light out into the world, and when they emerge once again, they become a bright light shining amongst the still unawakened souls. Within that soul contains the knowledge of his greatest darkness and the awareness of his greatest light. Both dance together in the understanding that the day and night are opposite sides of the same coin. They're both necessary parts of our becoming whole and complete within ourselves. We can't be the light without the darkness. We often refer to the darkness as evil. We've demonized the darkness. But this is because we misunderstand it. The darkness in and of itself, it's not a bad thing any more than the night is a bad thing. It's not evil. If the darkness and the light are allowed to dance together in unison as equal partners, there's balance. Just as the night and the day dance together as equal partners. It's when one turns from the light that he may become evil. Ironically, when one turns from the darkness, the same result can occur. Look at the church who turned away from darkness, persecuting everything and everyone they believed to be dark or evil, only to become evil itself. This is the church who persecuted St. John of the Cross, starving and abusing him for having different beliefs. And then there was the persecution of innocent women who possessed knowledge the church felt was a threat to their doctrine. Those who embrace both their darkness and their light bring the greatest balance and can ultimately shine the brightest. These are the people who don't deny or turn away from their shadow, but rather embrace it and invite the contents of the shadow to come into the light. 
There is a process of transmutation at work, transmuting the shadow to light. If you think about it, all life begins in the darkness. The seeds are planted in the darkness of the earth, and we begin in the darkness of the womb. Gestation takes place in the darkness and then is birthed into the light. Without the gestation, we could not have the birth. The brightest light can attract the greatest darkness. The light is an attractive force. Like moths to a flame, those seeking the light are attracted to those who carry the greatest light. Perhaps that attraction is innocent at first. It may come as one who feels the void within himself and believes union with one who seems bright would somehow fill up their emptiness. But when he gets too close to the flame, his shadow is exposed, and so he attempts to put the flame out in order to hide once again. It's all an act of unconsciousness. In a case like this, the brightest light attracts the darkest shadow. You could say opposites attract, but when we take it all apart, there's so much more going on. We're so often attracted to that which we have yet to own and integrate within ourselves. So we're attracted to the qualities that are dormant within ourselves because ultimately we all seek after wholeness. If we allow our dormant qualities to sprout forth into light, we become whole. Many people who are really nice, loving, and caring have cut off from their own dark qualities, believing it's wrong or bad to have these qualities. And so they continue to attract people who strongly possess the qualities they themselves have cut off from. This happens because the soul seeks after integration and wholeness. That nice person needs to learn to draw boundaries, speak up for herself, own her anger and rage, and say no when she means no. Nice is overrated. Kindness is a beautiful quality, but not at the expense of self-sacrifice. Being a doormat is a denial of the self and its needs. Ignoring our shadow is dangerous to the quest for wholeness. When we deny our darker qualities such as anger, rage, jealousy, fear, insecurity, sadness, and grief, we cut off from half of who we are. We were not given such qualities to deny them. We have their place in our internal guidance system to help us to know where we are. Anger often comes in when we are being walked on or our boundaries are continuing to be violated or someone continues to hurt us over and over again. Our anger comes in to say enough, no more. Our sadness and grief also play an important role in our lives. Grief helps us in our process of letting go. It's a way to cleanse out the pain of loss and bring us back to balance. Sadness shows us our sorrow and can guide us on the path of healing. 
I have allowed myself to go very deep into my sadness, to feel my anger fully, to own and acknowledge when I feel jealous, to say no when something doesn't feel right. I can go very deeply into my dark emotions, but I don't stay there. Just as the process of allowing myself to feel my feelings fully, they are released and I return to balance. This is what I've learned on the journey through my dark emotions. The poet Khalil Gibran says in one of his writings, Your joy is your sorrow unmasked, and the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And is not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives? When you are joyous, look deep into your heart, and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again in your heart, and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. In a sense, what Khalil Gibran is saying is that it is the place where you feel your greatest darkness that contains also your greatest light. I hope that you've enjoyed listening today, and I thank you for being here with me as I explored the light and the darkness of our human nature. If you would like more information on my work, my writings, my counseling, and hypnotherapy, please visit NarcissismFree.com and PathBackToSelf.com. If you would like to support Pandora's Box Radio, I've launched a Patreon campaign, which allows you to subscribe to the inner circle of Pandora's Box for as little as the price of a cup of coffee per month. You can go to pandoras-box-radio.com and look at the links on the left-hand side of the page. You'll see a link to my Patreon account. Thank you so much for your support. I want to Send you blessings for a great day, and I will see you in the next podcast. Mm-hmm.